We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Sports Saturday underway here at News Talk, A3OWCCO. We've got a great show lined up for you today. And I... I I can't believe all these folks are available in in one show between 3 and 6 o'clock today. In a moment, Bob Nightingale from USA Today. Later on in the hour, Jace Frederick covers the Timberwolves for the Pioneer Press. The Timberwolves are on a bit of a roll now, and they're getting everybody back. They demolished Oklahoma City last night. I was at a high school game, caught the end of it on the way home, and... Alan Horton was getting a little bored with the blowout win there in Houston uh, tomorrow night. You'll hear it here. Steve Carney takes us outdoors. Nick Kelly, a Minnesota native, now an Alabama football reporter for the Tuscaloosa News, will have a preview of the championship game, Alabama and Georgia. Sarah McClellan covers the Wild for the Star Tribune, and the Wild truly are the walking wounded right now. They are beat up, ton of regulars out of the lineup. Kirill Kaprizov, cheap shot in that win over the Bruins the other night. Uh, we'll get more with uh, Sarah at 435. Then Matthew Collar from Purple Insider will join us to preview the season finale between the Vikings and the Bears at U.S. Bank Stadium. And then Jeff Kolpak will join us from Texas. He covers NDSU football. The FCS title game was today, and North Dakota State, Wins another one. They beat Montana State 38-10. to They're up 28-0 at the half and cruise to another championship. The NDSU Bison. And we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later on. Right now we're going to try and heat up the hot stove. Bob Nightingale joins us from USA Today. And, Bob, always good to visit with you. Yeah, you too, Steve. Thanks. Yeah, Happy New Year. And uh, I, I was hoping... Uh, when you joined us today, you'd have good news that the players and owners have been secretly meeting and they're close to a deal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wish. I mean, MLB is uh, still coming up with proposals. Uh, and the, and the, their draft board trying to do something that would pique the uh, union's interest. We'll see. I, I think they'll sit down sometime here in the next week or 10 days and start, uh, and start talking at least. Uh, you know, uh, they really don't want to go past February 1st. If not, they certainly don't want to go past February 15th just because spring training means so much to so many people. Yeah, it, it's, it certainly does. As a matter of fact, throughout the day, 
we, we've heard promos on the air for a spring training trip hosted by Dave Mona to go down to Fort Myers and see the Twins in the Grapefruit League. And it really is a rite of spring for so many people, particularly in the north, who are trying to escape uh, the cold and, and get away to Arizona. I know, for instance, the Chicago clubs uh, train down in Arizona now. Uh, but, you know, whether it's Arizona or Florida, it is a big deal for the fans and really is a kickoff for the season. And I don't think they want to up, upend that apple cart in any way, shape, or form. No, it's become a big business. I mean, it used to be teams would lose money in spring training. Now they make money. Uh, and you're right. I mean, these uh, spring training games, uh, a lot of them are, are sold out. People love spring training time. You know, a lot of cases they like spring training games more than regular season games. You know, even though they don't count, but just to be on the, you know, out in the uh, sun and everything else, you're close to the action. You know, you're in Florida, you see a million different, you know, Minnesota, Michigan license plates, and uh, and, and folks from Canada, and like you said, Steve, in uh, in Phoenix is like half uh, of Chicago is here. Yeah, Bob. One one thing, not only big business for the clubs, but big business. For the Phoenix metro area, and and big business for these towns down in Florida, I, I can't imagine the impact. For instance, on Fort Myers. Now, granted, they've got spring break and all of that, and families come down and that sort of thing. But just in Fort Myers alone, Twins fans and Red Sox fans, they got to drop a lot of money down there. No, you're absolutely right, Steve. I, I remember I was covering the uh, Kansas City Royals when they used to be in Fort Myers, and uh, the Royals wanted like fifty thousand dollars improvements. If Sadie said no, and they realized what a disaster it was not to have spring training there. So now, of course, they you know, they got they got two teams there. You know, beautiful, both beautiful complexes. But you're right. I mean, it's a uh, big for those cities, particularly the small cities in, in in Florida. All right, Bob. Let's let's get back to the crux of this lockout again. And once again, they haven't met in person. But simple fact of the matter is. Uh, older players aren't getting paid. That's an issue. And younger players have to wait a long time to get paid. Generally, unions and sports don't look out for the, for the guys who, who haven't made it to the majors. But, but ultimately, uh, getting players to the point where they can cash in a whole lot sooner. I think in the NBA, what is it? You're, you're on your rookie deal for three years, and then you can start to cash in. I know it's about the same in football. Uh, similar in hockey, where, where these players can get to free agency and start earning big money a whole lot sooner than they do in the, in baseball. No, absolutely. I think a big thing is not so much over players. I mean, you saw the money being spent with, you know, Corey Seager and Simeon and, and Max Scherzer, but the young guys. Uh, you have a case where, you know, Pete Alonzo has made more money from the two all-star, uh, all-star yeah. home run derbies then he has it in three years with the Mets. You know, that's not right. So I think what they want to do is uh, make sure guys can get to arbitration quicker, see if you make an all-star team or, you know, you have a difference of, uh, you know, incentives or a war score, what have you. Then you get that arbitration a little earlier than, you know, having to wait till uh, three years. I don't think the free agency will change much, Steve. But I do think baseball will say, you know what, uh, it's still going to be six years of service time for a free agent. But if you if you reach the age of twenty and a half, we'll give it to you, we'll give it to you either, either way. Yeah, one of the other things too is the minimum salary, and this is where you get the sense that the players are willing to go to bat uh, for for those guys that that are kind of on the bubble. 
Uh, are they going to be on the 26-man, or are, are they going to get a cup of coffee in the major leagues? Maybe they're on the 40-man and will get called up from the minor leagues. But but something about the minimum salary, I would expect that to go up. No, oh, absolutely. And I think that all the uh, you know, the things are separating on, you know, that's a small, small thing. I think sure. uh, the minimum salary is 570500 I want to say it's the lowest of all the uh, sports, at least lower than the NFL and NBA. So yeah, I could see that thing jumping up to you know seven hundred, uh, seven fifty, eight hundred, that sort of thing. But yeah, I agree. I think that minimum salary definitely goes up. Yeah, Bob, if we had a good read, I know for the entire world of sports, we're coming up on two years since that that moment where Rudy Gobert, the Utah Jazz, tested positive. The NBA postponed that game, and the dominoes really started to fall whether it was the major leagues in spring training or NCAA men's basketball of the NHL. I mean, it, it, it's just changed the sports landscape, and, and our world has changed a lot over the last two years. It goes without saying. But do we have any idea um, how much money the owners have lost, how much financial peril? Granted, the owners generally are billionaires that own these clubs and are probably doing okay, but, but do we have a sense on – how much money has been lost over the past couple of years in the game? Well, I know when uh, you know when there's no fans and all that year, you know, the, the 60 game season, uh, I think they lost you know, 2.6 billion dollars, so roughly you know 100 million per club. Last year, a uh, very small amount. I, I want to say it was less than uh, less than 300 million total. Uh, you know, but attendance is a factor. I mean, uh, there's only two clubs that had an increase in attendance last year. Once all the ballparks were open, and now it's the Chicago White Sox and San Diego Padres. Uh, you know, I think now with the lockout, they pretty tough to sell season tickets. And with the uh, you know Omicron variant, you know, going going crazy, you know, how comfortable are people going to be, you know, going to a ballpark and seeing extra strangers? Bob, uh, sidebar to all of this. I know we're so focused on the major leagues and w- what happens with the Twins or the White Sox or d- depending on, on who you follow, uh, Royals, Brewers, uh, Brewers certainly east of the St. Croix, but the minor leagues, they've gone through a lot of changes and, and there's been a lot of hardship in the minor leagues. And I think more than ever, we're starting to understand you know, what these players go through just to get by in the minor leagues. Is there any mechanism in this new collective bargaining agreement to maybe change how, how these kids who sign pro contracts get treated? Because, it, it, granted, they're playing ball and they're getting money, but it, but it isn't easy. No, you know, they're still not members of the union, but these uh, you know, MLB came out with uh, initiatives, uh, you know, before the holidays that, you know, no more, you know, six or eight guys sleeping in one room, that they're going to provide housing. Uh, every minor league ball team has to provide housing to players. So it's a step up. Uh, you know, the salaries are still painfully low, but at least they're trying to, you know, at least they're trying to fix the conditions in, uh, you know, the, the food and clubhouses and all that. I mean, it, you know, it used to be, you know, six, eight guys sleeping in a one-bedroom apartment. You go to the ballpark, you have peanut butter and jelly. So I think those days are over. Yeah. Uh, certainly good news. Uh, big milestone coming up, and hopefully, as you pointed out, in the next week or 10 days, there's some movement. I know fans chomping at the bid for the 2022 regular season certainly want to get uh, some good news. And, and really beyond that, 
there's a lot of clubs that have a lot of work to do. There were some signings. You look at the Twins. They got the Byron Buxton deal done. Huge deal. But, for instance, with clubs like the Twins, and I know they're not alone, they, they have a lot of other things on their list, including filling out a starting rotation, getting some bullpen help, and, and that's true around the game as well. There is a lot of work to be done uh, on player signings, player movement. No, you're right. I mean, you're talking about you know 200 free agents out there. Uh, teams like the Oakland A's are you know shopping their two all-stars, the corner infielders in and Olsen and Chapman. But, yeah, there's not one team out there that said, okay, we're good, we're set. Everybody needs to do things. And uh, that thing's going to be a wild, wild west when the lockout ends, just with free agent signings and uh, trades and everything else. So probably like that all spring. You know, I'm sure there's been a lot of free agents you know, that don't sign until maybe a week or two before the season starts just because it's going to happen so quickly. Well, and, and Bobby, you're going to be busy. I, I'm sure, uh, you know, there's going to be some long days once this thing opens up. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I mean, there's not one team that's all set. I mean, yeah. you're about the Yankees. The Yankees are all up money. They're just sitting there and they haven't done anything. The Dodgers have just lost people. So, yeah, some of the, some of the big boys have money to spend are itching to spend it, and right now they can't. Uh, Bob, what, one big announcement coming up is uh, the 2022 Hall of Fame class. Where you sit right now, will will there be uh, someone on the, on the uh, modern day ballot? Will will someone get in this year? I think uh, David Ortiz is the only guy that's going to have a chance, Steve. I think he gets in. It's going to be close. You know, the knocking him, of course, was the uh, anonymous drug test in 2003. But you know, it could have been a false positive, and they are supposed to be anonymous. You know, never suspended, never failed a drug test. So I think he gets in. If he doesn't get in, he'll certainly get in next year. But that's it. And this is the last year of uh, Bonds and Clemens and Sammy Sosa, uh, Kurt Schilling on the ballot. Uh, yeah, I, I still believe I vote for Bonds and Clemens every single year, but it, it's not going to happen. You know, my, my reasoning is that it used to be the wild, wild west. I mean, no, there was no testing. Uh, teams actually encourage guys to use PEDs. And uh, it's different with a guy like Alex Rodriguez and then Mayor Ramirez, those rules in place, and they, you know, they purposely violate them. Yeah. And uh, you, you just don't see, you know, Bonds or, or Clemens getting over the top. No. I, I uh, Forever I thought they'd get in for sure, but they kind of hit a uh, a wall there. You know, like last year was low 60%. They're going to need like 55, 58 more new votes. And I don't think that's going to happen. Then it goes to the Veterans Committee. I don't think the Veterans Committee no. you know, will, will bring them in either. I think Fred McGriff will get in by the Veterans Committee next uh, November. Same with uh, manager Bruce Bochy. But I don't, I don't think Bonds or Clemens, at least not for a while. Yeah, I, I can't imagine anybody on that Veterans Committee that's already in the Hall of Fame you know, putting them in. You, you look at uh, players like Jim Cott and Tony Oliva, who did get in on the Veterans Committee, or the old-timers ballot, and you really break down their numbers in their career, and, and they are deserving Hall of Famers. Went through that with Bert Blylove, and you look what you know at, at, at Bert's career. Uh, but, you know, Bonds and Clemens, I just can't Im- imagine that those sitting members of the Hall of Fame are going to, you know, let them in at any point. It, it kind of goes back to the Shulos Joe Jackson thing or, or even the Pete Rose thing. It, there just doesn't seem to be you know, any real momentum to get that done? No, there's no real momentum. You know, I mean, to their, uh, you know, to their 
not credit, but you know, that, that helping in there. I mean, there's been we've brought up plenty of steroid guys in the last five or six years, and uh, you know, these two guys are the greatest of the steroid class. Uh, that's that's why I voted for them. Voted for them just because there was no rules in place. They didn't violate. Yeah. They weren't suspended a single day or anything like that. But I'm with you, Steve. I remember uh, Joe Morgan before he passed. He sent out a letter to all the baseball writers uh, from the Hall of Fame because he was one on the uh, committee and said, please don't vote for these guys. And then the Hall of Fame said, we'll go from 15 years to 10 years, and I think that's to uh, get these guys off the ballot quicker. Hmm. Um, and uh, you, you, you talked a little bit about uh, David Ortiz, maybe the best shot uh, to get in Big Poppy with ties to the Twins, certainly made his name with the Red Sox. Well, Bob, I hope you're right. In the next week to 10 days, we get some positive news, and at least the players and owners start sitting down face-to-face and trying to hammer out a deal. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be, yeah, hey, no matter who gets in this summer, it's going to be a wonderful time for Twins fans having uh, Tony Levin and Jim Cott you know, in the Hall of Fame. So it'll be a, a Twins-dominated Hall of Fame thing. Well, and it was cool. I, I don't know if you had a chance to catch a telecast, but uh, Tony Oliva was at the Winter Classic, uh, that bitterly cold game at Target Field between uh, the Wild and the Blues, and uh, Tony O was there. And I think Tony Oliva got the biggest ovation of anybody introduced before the game. It was pretty cool. Wow, wow. Yeah, he's so, so beloved in the uh, community. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so it was very cool to see him. See him get in. You hate, you hate when guys get in when they're not alive, like Ron Sano. So this is wonderful for him and the family. Yeah, going to be a great summer in Cooperstown. All right, always great to visit with you, Bob. We we certainly do appreciate the time. My pleasure. Thank you, Steve. Happy New Year. All right, there he is, Bob Nightingale, USA Today, an Odyssey Sports Insider. So there's optimism on the Bob Nightingale front, players and owners, I, and I think it's time. you, you got to get something done so you, you can get to the point you know, here we are. We should be talking about a Twins winter caravan. We should be talking about Twins Fest. We should be gearing up for pitchers and catchers reporting in Fort Myers. And and that's something I really cherish about January. And uh, we don't want to have that right now. So hopefully the owners and players get together real soon. Quick break. We'll come back. We'll have some sport headlines, including North Dakota State. They win another title beating Montana State down in Texas, uh, the final 38-10. to 10. And we'll have that for you here at News Talk, E3-O-W-C-C-O. There's things you can count on, cold in January, tax returns being due on April 15th, and the Bison winning football titles. North Dakota State does it again, beating Montana State 38-10, to 10 to win the 21-22 FCS National Championship, their ninth title in 11 seasons. They never trailed and scored the first 35 points in the game. Uh, They ran the ball. Hunter Lupke, the most outstanding player, three touchdowns in the first two quarters. The Bison gained 268 yards on the ground. Once again, North Dakota State rolls beating Montana State 38-10. to And a little bit later on in the program, we plan to be joined by Jeff Kolpak from the Fargo Forum, and he's going to tell us all about it. And when we talked to him 
after the semifinals, he alluded to the fact that fans are starting to get bored with it and are starting to ask what's next. And I would think the move would be afoot for NDSU to make the move up to FBS. Now, where would they go? Uh, Probably wouldn't be welcomed into the Big Ten. Even though there's some Big Ten teams they certainly could compete with and would probably do pretty well in the Big Ten West. Uh, Mountain West, but we'll, we'll see about that. But North Dakota State, their ninth title in 11 years. That I, I don't care what the sport is. I, I don't care high school, college, pros, nine titles in 11 years. That that that's pretty impressive. All right, three thirty-one. We'll have the weather in a moment. A brief cold snap, and then we got a warming trend this coming week. We'll have all the good news coming up in a moment here on News Talk E three O W C C O. Steve Thompson in on this cloudy, mild Saturday. Kerry Clatt is our producer. Mark Fry in the newsroom. Timberwolves Idol. They will be on the road. At Houston tomorrow night, the Timberwolves on an upswing right now after thumping Oklahoma City last night, the final 135 to 105. I was at a high school game calling Park Center at Ozio on Prep Spotlight, packed up the gear, got out of the gym, got my vehicle, tuned in the Timberwolves, heard Alan Horton call the end of this beatdown, and Oklahoma City uh, gave the Timberwolves a run for the money. Uh, a couple of nights ago, after scoring just 10 points in the first quarter, the Wolves ultimately pull away and win the game. But uh, Minnesota left no doubt in Oklahoma City on Friday night. And joining us to talk, Timberwolves, Jace Frederick of the Pioneer Press, online at TwinCities.com. Jace, I hope you're well. Hey, Steve, I'm doing well. How about with you? Yeah, good, good. Uh, always fun to get out and see high school sports. Uh Orioles pulled away from, or the Pirates pulled away from the Orioles last night. Uh, good crowd there for that one. Uh, Park Center's a real deal with Braden Carrington headed for the U and others. They've got a really good team. I, I, I don't know. They, I, I, I think they have a shot barring injury to run the table this year. They're that good. They have an excellent program, too. I mean, it just seems like year after year they're, like, in the mix. And, and sometimes they have some great teams, but they always have good teams. Like, they've done a really nice job with that program. Yeah, James Ware, great guy, and of course Tim Tyson, the longtime coach at Osseo. That's a tremendous rivalry, and uh, right. the students were there early. It, it was uh, it was rowdy. It was fun. Always always good to be out and about. Timberwolves left, no doubt. After the Thunder made a run at him at Target Center, Minnesota just blew him off the floor last night. Yeah, and I think that was kind of like message received for the Wolves. Um, Chris Finch didn't look happy coaching the game Wednesday, was not happy talking about it afterwards. Like, yeah, he's like, yeah, we won. Um, you know, we found a way to win, but there were a lot of things that they didn't like. Um, basically, Patrick Beverly brought all of the heart and inspiration for that team on Wednesday. Uh, nobody else had much of any of it uh, for, for Minnesota, maybe outside of Jalen Noel and Jared Vanderbilt. But then without Friday, now Patrick Beverly couldn't play with the groin injury. It was like, okay, where is this intensity effort everything concentration attention to detail where's that all going to come from and it kind of came from everybody frankly um offensively that was one of their best performances of the year defensively they played probably a good half plus uh from maybe midway through the second quarter but offensively just moving the ball the way they did getting nothing but great shots like anthony edwards and d'angelo russell shot the lights out 
but a big part of that had to do with the quality of the shots. Um, it was just really nice, fluid offense, big three taking their turns, just a really strong all-around performance. Yeah, and Alan alluded to it on my way home, and I don't live all that far from Osseo, but then I picked up a bite to eat and, and caught the end, and rightfully so. He, he, he got bored with the blowout victory, and I can't blame him. <laughs> last night but but he was talking about this Oklahoma City team just being an absolute bottom field I mean these are the teams if you're going to be a playoff team you have to beat the Thunder and that's why that game at Target Center was so puzzling why are they fooling around with these guys these you 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 put in the win column and move on yeah and and the Thunder are one of those teams though with Shea Gildas Alexander is a really good young player. Josh Giddey is a really good young player. Like you can tell, they're like getting used to getting beat down um, a lot. A lot of nights you just kind of get used to losses. But but when the third quarter comes around, the fourth quarter, and they're in a game, like their interest is peaked, and then they are very willing and, and ready to make a run at it. And we saw that Wednesday. Like Josh Giddey got incredibly hot. Um, Shea Gildas Alexander started to really attack on um, these guys because like when when opportunities to win games don't come around too often. And you get excited yep. when they do. Like, this is a team that came back from 20-plus down twice this year against the Lakers to beat the Lakers twice. Like, when the opportunity's there, they do have the young talent to grab it. It's all about playing like the Wolves played on Friday and, like, having that intent to win for most of the night um, and, and really not giving Oklahoma City that chance or that belief that they can compete on that night. And then eventually teams like that tend to lay down, and that's kind of what we saw Friday versus Wednesday. Minnesota really was, like, absent for the second and third quarter, and that made that game far closer than it should have been. Jay's Frederick joining us, covers the Timberwolves for the Pioneer Press, online at TwinCities.com. Timberwolves have another one of those games on the schedule where if if you're going to be taken seriously, you can go into Houston on Sunday night and you get it done. Yeah, absolutely. I think Houston just got blitzed by Dallas last night, and uh, interim head coach in that one was Sean Sweeney at Creighton Durham Hall and University of St. Thomas product um so he got his first quote-unquote nba head coaching win so good for him but houston's another team that really gets yeah i mean you're like you can throttle them on a night-to-night basis minnesota certainly took care of them in the season opener but it is like a string of road games here for minnesota at oklahoma city last night at houston sunday i think at new orleans tuesday those are three opponents you plan to beat but going on the road for three games and winning all three is kind of difficult um so we'll see what minnesota can do in terms of like consistency is one thing they've really struggled with this year, but can they come out night after night after night and put forth good performances? I think this little stretch here is a good test of that. So Houston Sunday will be on the air, 5.30, and then Tuesday uh, at New Orleans, Smoothie King Arena, one of my favorites in the league, is 6.30, <laughs> and then uh, on the road at Memphis. So uh, a lengthy trip. Uh, for uh, the Timberwolves out on the road. But once again, this this is one of those road trips this year where uh, a 4-0 would go a long way in, in getting this team in a good spot because it's one thing to get in to the playoffs, and I think anyone would be thrilled with that. But but now the Timberwolves can maybe be in the mode. We don't even need to be in that play-in tournament. I, I, I think that can be in reach for this group. Yeah, it is right now. They're certainly within striking distance of it. Sure. It'll be interesting here. I'm interested to see when, you know, hopefully within the next month, COVID-19 not going away, but maybe it'll have kind of run through all the rosters. And certainly yeah. we'll have absences. We'll have more guys kind of trickle into protocols. But the bulk of the rosters, fortunately or unfortunately, uh, will have already been affected by COVID-19. And we can see some full rosters again and watch teams kind of take shape down the stretch. And the Wolves are kind of getting to that point right now, even though Leandro Pomaro went into protocols. Uh, just this week, but we're, we'll see the whole league kind of in the 
shape it's supposed to be in, um, and teams really starting to battle it out. But Minnesota's in position to fight for one of those top six. Um, I don't know if I have them right there, but I do think that it's this thing where if they play well on the stretch, they can take a crack at it and be in contention for it. Because, yeah, I mean, I think top ten is a lock. Uh, there just aren't there aren't ten good teams in the West this year. Uh, so I think top ten is very, 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 very likely. I think they should be shooting for it at minimum, maybe playing in that 7-8 game, uh, giving themselves a little breathing room in terms of a plan, two cracks at it at worst. But you're right, top six is probably a goal that like the top eight or nine teams in the West are peaking at right now, and the Wolves are certainly in that group. Yeah, and 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 why not set the goals? What one thing that that's come up as of late, and Henry Lake brought it up, and I think it's a great point last night on uh, Timberwolves tonight is Chris Finch getting enough credit for the job he's done with this team. And, and there there's certainly been ups and downs, and every team in the NBA has been dealing with COVID. But you know the the read on Finch, he took over in a tough spot, taking over for Ryan Saunders. Uh, there's been a changing of the guard in the front office, and he's been pretty steady. And I'm really impressed uh, hearing him speak post game. And you deal with him all the time. I'm impressed the job he's done. Oh, he's been nothing but impressive. I don't think. I mean, I think he's done just a fantastic job with this team. Frankly, the positions he puts guys in, um, the way he speaks about them and to them it's all very straightforward very honest very truthful but like in a constructive way like he's honest with guys about like here's what you're good at here's what we need you to do and that gets the most out of them because then he's putting them in positions that gives them the best chance to succeed with their skill set um he's a very honest evaluator i I think his systems offensively has generated good shots defensively he's helped install a system and maybe philosophy that has totally turned this defense around a complete 180 from where it's been in recent years I just tweeted this out today, but his career record now with the Wolves, I remember it started out like 0-5 before that all-star break right after he took over, but his career record in Minnesota is 35-45. and 45. It's like a 438 winning percentage. That might not sound good, but the Timberwolves have had 14 NBA coaches run through their team, some interim, whatever, uh, some with multiple stints in uh, Flip Saunders and Kevin McHale, but Chris Finch out of those 14 ranks third in winning percentage, which probably says more about the Timberwolves <laughs> in their franchise history that 438 right. is third. Uh, but he is, he's just behind Flip Saunders and Tom Thibodeau. But he's done an incredible job, and the players have all spoken to that as well. I think, you know, as we look forward at the Wolves, like, this has been a, a certainly a good year and something they hope to build off of. But it's like, what's the core? What do they do? How do you address the roster to, to take even another step from here? Those are all questions kind of for the offseason and maybe even the trade deadline. But I think one thing that Sachin Gupta and co. can know that they have right is Chris Finch right now. Yeah, for sure. A couple other thoughts on players. Um D'Angelo Russell, uh, what a night. Granted, it's in Oklahoma City against the Thunder, but uh, when, when he's rolling, wow. Well, that's just it. And, and you know, I think there have been so many times this year where we thought he's going to be rolling a little bit more. Um, his shooting yes. percentages are far lower than what they've been for his career. And certainly been in and out of the lineup a little bit um, within health and safety protocols until recently. This is just his second game back. But, like, Chris Finch said he's like, I think he's one of the best shooters in the league. And that looks almost ridiculous when you look at the shooting percentages this year, which frankly aren't good. But we've seen this, you know, where like when he has an open look, you expect it to go down. And he gets so incredibly hot sometimes and he can really carry an offense. It just hasn't really come to fruition this year. Not to even say he's had a bad year because, frankly, he hasn't in terms of creating, running the offense and like being in the right spots and whatnot defensively. They don't put a ton on his shoulders defensively, but he's done a good job for what he's been asked to do. And it's just kind of been waiting for that offense to come. And it came in a massive wave last night, 11 for 12 from the field, 27 points, 12 assists. Like, 
that's like a dream offensive performance. And yeah. if that's a sign of things to come for Minnesota, then look out. Then maybe this team really is a group that can, you know, contend for a top six spot and really do something because when they have all big three clicking offensively like they were last night, they are super dangerous, especially when paired with the improved defense. We just haven't seen enough of that. Yeah, and then one other guy I want to bring up, Jared Vanderbilt, 11 points, 16 boards last night. Once again, uh, sidebar, it is the Thunder. But nevertheless, he has been a consistent performer in that role generally this year. He's been incredible. I mean, it, he, he's just like he, the the fine that he was. Uh, you could say whatever you want about Kirsten Rosas and obviously the way he exited, but the fine that he was just kind of, it looked like a throw-in in that deal that brought Juan Torre and Gomez and Malik Beasley to Minnesota. But, you know, I remember talking to people, and even Gerson Rosas was like, well, Derek Vanderbilt's somebody that we, like, expect to be something down the line here. And I don't know if you can ever expect the type of player that Jared Vanderbilt is um, with the consistent, relentless effort. Like, there's a reason why so few guys in the NBA are like that, because it's a skill, and it's it's kind of a, a skill that he's unmatched at um, for other players in the NBA. Like, the offensive rebounds are great. The defense is great. He does that stuff so obviously it's so well. He gets Minnesota extra possessions, but he's also a great screener. He's great at moving without the ball. Like he helps their offense without being able to shoot or even catch the ball half the time. Uh, and it, it's just all these little things that make things go. Like their starting lineup has one of the best net ratings in the NBA. I think it is the best net rating in the NBA among starting fives. And Chris Finch said the other day, like that's because of Patrick Beverly and Jared Vanderbilt. And you watch it, and it's really hard to argue. Well, Jay's always good to visit with you. Thanks for the time. Appreciate it, Steve. Have a good one. All right, there he is, Jace Frederick, the Pioneer Press, online at TwinCities.com. Does an outstanding job covering the team. Timberwolves idle today. They are in Houston. We'll get started pregame 530 with Cal. Allen with all the play-by-play tomorrow night, and Timberwolves need to keep it rolling. This is a stretch on the road at Houston, at New Orleans, at Memphis before they come back home. They, they need to run the table this week and take care of business against these teams. Ten minutes down front of four here at News Talk, E3-O-W-C-C-O. Gary Klatt is our producer. Steve Thompson here on a cloudy Saturday in January, enjoying 28 cloudy degrees. Uh, it'll get chilly tonight, chilly Sunday and Monday before the warm-up begins. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of next week look mild, actually above normal, and I'm going to go out on a limb. It's our January thaw, and it's coming up. Love January thaw. One NFL game underway, Kansas City in Denver, and Kansas City leads it 7-0. They're well on their way. Uh, Denver probably not going to get it done, even though I've always been a fan of Teddy Bridgewater. I, I know Teddy's not playing right now, but ever since he was a Viking quarterback and went through all that with the terrible knee injury um i i've always been rooting him on so uh hopefully he's able to hang in there and continue his career golf pga tour the century tournament of champions now i know the pga tour season started in the fall and all of that but for me the golf season starts with this event at kapalua Australian Cameron Smith, your leader, through two rounds at 17 under par. Three clear of John Rahm, Daniel Berger, Patrick Cantlay, four back. Hideki Matsuyama, five off the lead. Colin Morikawa, six back. So uh, play will continue tonight. I, I don't think there's anything better than the tournaments in Hawaii, 
because they they generally run them in prime time. And then they make that West Coast swing where you get stops at Torrey Pines and Pebble Beach and Scottsdale and Riviera. I I just love all those events, and I love this uh, start to the PGA Tour season. At least I, I consider it the start. So the Century Tournament champions, third round in primetime tonight, final round in primetime tomorrow night. Just love primetime golf. It doesn't go over as well with the other people in the house, but I just enjoy it. Uh, we'll keep an eye on the football score still to come. We'll go outdoors with Steve Carney, get you up to date on the ice fishing. And Nick Kelly from the Tuscaloosa News is an Alabama football reporter and a Minnesota native. He'll join us at about 420 right here. News Talk, E3OWCCO. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.